Please stand by. We'll be streaming. Good afternoon or good morning, however you're watching this. Um, uh, we're going to continue in our study of uh, living in digital Babylon. And, and uh, today's uh, uh, study and tomorrow's as well are going to be very interesting because it's going to be talking about a subject uh, that you may or may not know anything about. And if you do about Edward Snowden, you may have some preconceived ideas. I'm asking you to set those aside uh, as we deal into this. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about a book written by Glenn Green Greenwald called No Place to Hide. And it's about uh, the revelations that Edward Snowden released from the National Security Administration in 2013, and I want to I want to clarify a couple things first. Uh, while the information to be revealed in this book and presentation, with this information, I want to make it very clear: it's not a political book. This is not about Republican or Democrat, right or left. Uh, it's about the Constitution and our individual rights. That's what this book is about. Um, and Glenn Greenwald, who is the writer, likens his role to that of a doctor whose job it is to tell the patient they have a very virulent form of cancer, but he's not sure yet if it's terminal, and they're going to have to do some investigation to figure out the best course of action to take. Um, one of the things that I have learned from this book is that I need to pay attention to people that I would normally disregard because of their political stance. Uh, they have truth to tell, and I need to hear that. Not everybody has all the right answers. Uh, there's no one Bible teacher that has the right answer. Um, Kenneth Copeland is one of my favorite Bible teachers, but so is Charles Swindoll. And uh, those two don't, don't you know, they're, they're on opposite ends of the spectrums on many things, but they have truth to tell. And that's what I want you to learn about this. Glenn Greenwald is not a man I would normally listen to, but he has truth to tell. And uh, our view of this, when we, when we get into this, is we need to be first responders that run to the problem and not run away from the problem. So... Um, so first of all, uh, he talks about one of the first things that comes up in this study is uh, we have strange bedfellows in this discussion. Um, the first one is the ACLU. They, they put out a poster and said, they had a picture of Richard Nixon, said he lied to the American public, and then a picture of George Bush and said so did he. Now, it turns out that he didn't. The ACLU is not my favorite group. But it turns out he's correct. that This is what happened. Um, some more strange bedfellows that we had are um, uh, a source called Investment Watch. Um, they put out, uh, these are headlines in their, doc, in, their, in their magazines or their papers. Explosive FISA memo, top secret source document details Obama National Security Administration has illegal spying and doxing of U.S. citizens. Doxing is the part where you take somebody's home address, all their personal information, you put it on the Internet so people can uh, see where you live and they can come and harass you. Um, the Huffington Post. Obama spying and the dangers of secret authoritarian government. That came from the, from the Huffington Post about 
Barack Obama. Uh, the World Socialist website, certainly not one of my favorite websites, Obama's NSA reform defends illegal spying. And the Washington Post, uh, the National Security Administration slides explain the prison data collection program. Uh, the slides he's talking about was a PowerPoint presentation that was released that shows all of the information that the government was doing. Well, we're going to talk about that. Um, now, I want to read to you a quote. And this quote, you tell me when you think it was. The United States government has perfected a technology capability that enables us to monitor the messages that go through the air, and that capability at any time could be turned around on the American people, and no American would have any privacy left, such as the capability to monitor everything, telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no place to hide. Any idea when that was, uh, when that was written? Oh, yes, that person right over there. What would you say? Yeah. 1975 by Senator Frank Church, the Senate Collect Committee to Study Government Operations with Respect to Intelligent Activity. That was written in 1975, long before there was an Internet, long before any of these things were coming around. He foresaw the dangers. You could say it was prophetic. Now, um, we'll go on here. Uh, the ability to eavesdrop on people's communications vests an immense power in those who do it. And unless such power is held in check by rigorous oversight and accountability, it's almost certain to be abused. Uh, this is one of the things that you find out is that the so-called um, constraints and, and, and systems that, that are supposed to be in place to control this type of thing are toothless. They have no... And when there is a law that the government just simply abandons it. They don't even pay attention to it. Um, now, get this makes sense to me. Expecting the U.S. government to operate a massive surveillance machine in complete secrecy without falling prey to its temptations runs counter to every historical example and all available evidence about human nature. Isn't that the truth? Uh, the ability to, for the government to do this and keep it quiet is not possible. And that's what's happened here. Um, Representative Brad Sherman, uh, from the Democrat from, tech, from California, said this, Technology companies being told to resist the Chinese regime should also be careful regarding their own government. Otherwise, those in China see their privacy violated in the most heinous ways. We here in the United States may also find that perhaps some future president asserting these very broad interpretations of the Constitution is reading our email, and I would prefer that not happen without a court order. And Brad Sherman is not a conservative by any stretch of the imagination. He's a far-left liberal, but his concerns, and he outlines them right here, was that, that the, the government may do these things, and we don't have any, any control over it. Now, let me go on to one other example in here. <clears throat> 
Over the past several decades, the fear of terrorism, stoked by consistent exaggerations of the actual threat, has been exploited by U.S. leaders to justify a wide array of extremist policies. It has led to wars of aggression, a worldwide torture regime, and the detention and even assassination of both foreign nationals and American citizens without any charges. But the ubiquitous secret system of suspicionless surveillance that is spawned may very well turn out to be its most enduring legacy. So um, we've seen, and, and, and you know, I'm old enough to remember where I was when Kennedy was assassinated, and I can remember exactly where I was. I was walking down the hall uh, at Dennis Junior High School in Richmond, Indiana, and uh, at one o'clock. President uh, or our principal John Dye came on and told us that the President Kennedy had been assassinated, and I believe he was crying. And um, uh, I didn't know what that meant, other than I got the rest of the school day off, which was, you know, that was fine with me. But I can see it. I can close my eyes and see every locker. I can see the class I was in and what the kids were doing, and the teachers and the principal were all upset about it. Well. You can hear, you got a, a group of people that were here in 9-11 can tell you almost exactly the same thing. I can tell you exactly where I was, what I was doing when that happened. Well, the threats that we're ex experiencing now from our own government were spawned greatly because of 9-11. And uh, you'll see more about that in a little bit. Uh, to turn that network, the National Security Administration, into a system of mass surveillance has implications unlike those of any previous state surveillance program. Okay? All the prior spying systems were by necessity more limited and capable of being invaded. To permit surveillance to take root on the Internet would mean subjecting virtually all forms of human interaction planning, and even thought itself to comprehensive state examination. So, uh, your thoughts that you post on the Internet, you have a private journal that you keep on, on uh, myjournal.com or, or wherever it is. Whatever you might be doing there, uh, you go on and post that and privately keep it there. And you keep it on the Internet so that nobody else can find it. Well, unfortunately for you, the government knows right where it is and has access to it, whether you want them to or not. Uh, you're going to find out that Microsoft, Yahoo, and all of the big companies from AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, all of them, have given the United States government access to their most uh, secret files. Now, to turn that... Na uh, go on. Nuts covering... Uh, pardon me. Nuts converting the Internet into a system of surveillance thus guts it of its core potential. Worse, it turns the Internet into a tool of repression threatening to produce the most extreme and oppressive weapon of state intrusion human history has ever seen. You go back and look at World War II and the, and the uh, Cold War. Many of you may not know anything about the Cold War, but uh, there were secret surveillance. You had... Uh, uh, the East German, the Stasi and the East, East German, you had the Romanian communists, you had, you had all of these state surveillance systems that were 
keeping card files on everyone. Well, those days are long gone because they don't have to do that now. Um, and we'll go on and we'll see some more things about that. So the purpose of this, again, is not to get into political actions. The purpose of this is for us to be aware that it's going on so that you can take steps that you feel necessary to protect your privacy or at least be aware that somebody else is watching over your shoulder and, and his name is Big Brother. He's watching over your shoulder. Uh, what makes Edward Snowden's revelation so stunning and so vitally important by daring to expose the NSA's capabilities, it is even more astounding ambitions that it has. He's made it clear that these disclosures that we stand at a historic crossroads. Um, what are we going to do about it? Uh, and and what, is the, what is the purpose behind everything that, that, that they're doing? What is the purpose behind it? Um, then we can say, will the digital age usher in the individual liberation and political freedoms that the Internet is capable of unleashing? Uh, will we introduce um, political freedoms from the Internet or political uh, terrorism, political um, totalitarianism? Uh, Will it bring about a sense of omniscient monitoring and control beyond the dreams of the greatest tyrants in the past? Try to imagine Hitler with the Internet. Try to imagine Stalin with the Internet. Stalin is, is cited with killing anywhere between 40 and 60 million of his own people, not including the war. In the 30s, he killed at least 30 million Ukrainians because of collectivization of their farms. He took all their food and let them starve to death. So what would you think would happen to him if he had the Internet and had these capabilities? Um, the right path or the wrong path is a possibility, and our actions will determine where we end up in this. Now, one of the things that Glenn Greenwald uh, points out is that the attitude of the people in the NSA is um, he found the sheer vastness of the spying system genuinely shocking, more so because it had been implemented with virtually no accountability, no transparency, and no limits. So the government set this thing up, and there's no one, no one uh, has oversight on it. They, the people in the NSA just said, we're going to do this, and they did it. And um, the technical means used to intercept communications, now listen to this, were the NSA's tapping of Internet servers, satellites, underwater fiber optic cables, local and foreign telephone systems, and personal computers. They have access to all of those things. There's no company that you get Internet from, whether it's, it's Spectrum, uh, Comcast, AT&T, Google, whatever it is. There's no system that you get Internet from that the government doesn't have access to. Understand that. It was given to them. And they ordered it. The, the courts ordered these companies to comply. The first one to fight them was Yahoo. And they lost big time. So everybody else was forced to give this data to the government. Uh, they had a program called Boundless Informant. 
Boundless Informant was a program that the NSA had uh, that counted all the telephone calls and emails collected every day from around the world with mathematical certainty. So they collect every phone call that happens in the world they have access to. That's hard to believe, but it's true. Um, the NSA chief at that time was a guy called named uh, Keith Alexander, and the officials involved in the NSA lied to Congress on purpose. Now, overall, in just 30 days that this unit had collected data on more than 97 billion emails and 124 billion phone calls from around the world. That's just a 30-day period. Okay? 97 billion emails and 124 billion phone calls. Uh, I'd be interested to see how many of that 97 billion emails was spam, but anyway, they get it. Um, these and documents that that Edward Snowden released confirmed that the American public was an equally important target for this surveillance. Now, I'm going to tell you some of the uh, programs that they had. Project Bull Run. This is another NSA uh, project. Was a joint effort between the NSA and its British counterpart to defeat the most common forms of encryption used to safeguard online transactions. To a smaller scale, enterprises with names that reflect the contemptuous and boastful spirit of the NSA. Now, what that means is that, you know, when you, when you log on to the Internet, if you look up in the address bar, you'll see a little S up there. It means that you're on a secure, uh, a secure connection that hackers can't get in. But the government has access to that. So when it says it's a secure network, it's secure from everyone except the government. Remember that. Uh, they had another one uh, called Egotistical Giraffe that targets the Tor browser. Now, you may not know anything about the Tor browser, and you don't need to know, but the Tor browser was invented for secrecy on the, on the Internet, so you can't... You, People that install it and use it, you can't track them on the Internet. So the government is breaking that down so that they can do that. They don't want anyone to be on the Internet without them knowing about it. Um, U.S. government has built a system that has as its goal the complete elimination of electronic privacy worldwide. Listen to that again. The U.S. government has built a system that has as its goal the complete elimination of electronic privacy worldwide. And that includes economic uh, invasion too. They, uh, the um, Canadians, using this system, were tracking the Brazilian mine, uh, the, the, the Ministry of Mines in Brazil, because they have an economic interest in precious metals and things that that Brazil was mining. Um, the literal, explicit aim of the NSA is to collect, store, monitor, and analyze all electronic communications from people around the world. Uh, the agency is devoted to one overarching question to prevent the slightest piece of electronic communications from evading its systematic grasp. Every day, the NSA works to identify electronic communications that are not being collected 
and stored and then develops new technologies to get them. And you'll find out how Microsoft and some other companies, and, and, and we'll go over that in a little bit, how they were involved in this. Um, the, rate, the agency regards itself as needing no specific justification to collect any particular electronic communications, nor do they need any grounds for regarding its targets for suspicion. So they don't need any justification to, to do anything. They'll just do it, and you can't stop them. And the courts have proven that they can't stop them. Now, never before has one agency of the U.S. government had the capacity as well as the legal authority to collect and store so much electronic uh uh, information. A former administration official who worked with the NSA told us that Alexander's strategy was clear. I need to get all of the data and I want to hang on to it for as long as I can. Okay? He grew dissatisfied. Alexander, the head of the NSA, grew dissatisfied with the limited focus of American military intelligence, which targeted only suspected insurgents and other threats to U.S. forces. That wasn't enough for them. They wanted to get all of the domestic information they could. Um, he, he, he treated us as though we were in a war zone, and he wanted everybody's communications. Um, a former intelligence official characterized his attitude as, let's not worry about the law, let's just figure out how to get the job done. The quantity of telephone calls, emails, and online chats, online activities, and telephone metadata, which we explain that after a while, collected by this agency is staggering. So when you chat with Grandma, or you chat and send a picture on Facebook and what have you, uh, the government has access to it. There's just you can't stop it. Um, and one of the things that that is now happened. With new iPhones, uh, I've got a uh, I've got a new iPhone uh, because I switched companies. With the new iPhones that Apple has, their system now prowls your photographs and uploads them to Apple, so they can s check them for child pornography. They do that without your notice. They they're telling you they're doing it, and whenever you take a picture. It goes to Apple and they review it to see if it's child pornography. Well, if they have that access, what else do they have access to? And if you think they're only going to look at pictures, you're wrong. Um, the overall interception system of the NSA has the capacity to reach sub roughly 75% of all U.S. Internet traffic. And this was in 2013, including a wide array of communications by foreigners. So the point is, they're getting more and more and more in any area where they don't have communications, they're going to get. Now, one of the things I want you to think about is this. To collect such a quantity of communication, they rely on a multitude of, of methods to get it. Uh, they tap fiber optic lines, including underwater cables. So there's no underwater cable that they can't, that they haven't attached onto. So if you laid a, a cable from uh, Japan to the United States and you went through the deepest part of the, the ocean, 
uh, they'll tap into that. They've already done it. And so there is no safe place to call. There's no safe place to send email or anything. The NSA has already got it. Now, um, with increasing frequency, the agency relies on Internet companies and telecoms which indispensably pass on information they've collected about their own customers. Uh, according to Kim Schrock, who was a longtime NSA corporate uh, relationship through Google, I believe it was, 70% of our national intelligence budget is being spent on spying on the private sector. Get that. 70% of their unlimited budget is spent on spying on American citizens. Uh, the NSA exploits access to certain telephone companies, uh, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and others, uh, that redirect target countries' communications data to NSL repositories. So if AT&T is in Italy and has uh, a number of uh, telephone wires and things set up over in Italy, they're required by law to send that information to the NSA. And they do. Now, having said this, it's important to remember, I'm not telling you this because I want you to pack up everything and, and go to uh, a mountain somewhere in uh, Idaho and hide from the government. No, that's not the point. As believers, we have a responsibility to understand what the environment is that we're trying to operate in. And what this one of the things that this has pointed out to me is that things that I relied on my entire life were exactly what Jesus said. They were sand. They were built on sand. Um, I grew up with this belief that the government was here to help us, that, that, the, that the government uh, would do what they said they would do, not realizing that behind the scenes, you can go back to Richard Nixon, who taped uh, all these people in the White House, unknown to them, uh, going back to, the, to their administration. Every president, including Trump, has used this uh, this uh, uh, capabilities of the NSA to grab information. Now the question is, what is our response? What is a good biblical response to this? And what we want to do? Excuse me. Let me find the the page here that I'm looking for. What we want to do is understand what the Scriptures tell us our responsibility is. Um, the only secure communication that there is for you is praying in the Spirit, uh, speaking in tongues, and talking to God. Satan can't break that. Nobody can break that. The Holy Spirit does it. That's the only secure communications that there is. If you go back to World War II, uh, we understood the Japanese secret codes that, that helped us at the Battle of Midway and through the rest of the war. Um, we used that information and gave it to uh, Churchill. And after the war, when all of this was revealed, Churchill made an incredible statement. He said, and now listen to this, because this, this is basically the doctrine that our government operates on. The truth is so important that it needs to be protected by a bodyguard of lies. Now listen to that. The truth 
is so important it needs to be protected by a bodyguard of lies. The government did not want you to know, uh, and that's why Snowden released this information. He didn't want you to know that this was going on. Now, um, going back, we want to talk one other thing. To illustrate the quantity of information about phone calls, one chart which covered a 30-day period in December shows this program alone was responsible for the collection of 200 million records each day and for a 30-day total of more than 6 billion records of our, of our phone calls. 6 billion phone calls in the United States in 30 days. Uh, in a partnership with the FBI, the NSA access to Internet and telephone traffic exploits the world's traffic. I didn't realize this, but I think it's like 97% of the, of the world's uh, traffic, go, inter, uh, electronic traffic goes through Google. And uh, we've leaned on Google hard, and we have access to Google's information. Um, originally, Yahoo fought this in court against the NSA's efforts to force it to join uh, the program that they call PRISM. And uh, Yahoo fought it, but the court was the, their claims were rejected by the FISA court and the company was ordered to participate whether they wanted to or not. Now, we will continue the next meeting, but like I said, I don't want you to get the idea, and this may sound like a lot of mumbo-jumbo, but it's not. It's important that we understand what the environment is around us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out with prayer, and we'll pick it up the next time, but it's important for you to understand this is not an effort to try to get you to be anti-government or anything. It's an effort to let you know what's going on. Father, we thank You that Your Word says that the truth will set us free. Help us to understand this, Father, in the light of scriptural promises in Jesus' name. See you next time.